0: Merry Little Batman co-writer Morgan Evans drops in, and the Looney Tunes have been marked for removal from Max.
1: What are you talking about? That's ridiculous! Of course you realize this means podcast! Are you ready, eager young space
0: cadets? <laughs> meep, meep! I saw a a limit. Blah, blah.
1: the kaboom. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom.
0: Hello and welcome to of course you realize this means podcast. I'm your host Jonathan Graves and if you're tiny or tuny or just a little bit loony then you've come to the right place. This is everything going on within the luniverse and on the outset Because Batman, as you know, is a Warner Brothers property that is beloved by millions. So I could not pass up the opportunity to talk with one of its wonderful writers on Merry Little Batman, this new movie coming to Amazon Prime on December 8th. So please join me in welcoming writer morgan evans
1: hi thank you so much for having me this is awesome
0: it is an honor to have you and batman is near and dear to my heart as well as thousands upon thousands of listeners i'm sure i want to dive in just a little bit and ask you a quick teaser question okay for you what was the thing that was like yes i want to see this as a movie
1: yeah so this all sort of came about um very interestingly uh sort of in 2020 um I was brought into Warner Brothers uh, animation to start writing and pitching ideas that they had for um, like a lot of their treasury IP stuff. So um, I was basically told, go to Wikipedia, uh, take a look uh everything we own and just let us know if you have any ideas and so I came at him with an idea for a movie for a kind of relatively obscure Hanna-Barbera character oh that I hope we still make someday so I don't want to say what it is but it's like one of my favorite Hanna-Barbera characters that's
0: amazing and
1: um I yeah and so I immediately started writing on that and um Mike Roth who's the director of Mary Little Batman um was brought in uh to start working on that film as well and we hired uh guillaume uh Fesquette, who did all the um beautiful like production design and stuff on, on mary little batman as well and so we were all working on this hanna-barbera property and we were like getting ready to pitch it and we had our deck set up and we'd just gotten the like title cards done and, and it was like moving along and, and everybody was really really excited And I got an email out of the blue from Sammy Perlmutter, who is the executive in charge of production on Merry Little Batman. And he, it was like one sentence. And it basically just said, hey, uh, what do you think about like Batman, Christmas time, Home Alone? You know, just think about that. (laughs) And my mind went crazy. And so I basically just like took it upon myself. I didn't have the job yet, you know, to just like, write up everything I could and like, I started thinking of all these different ideas and I sent over like a ton of pages of material and I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's Bruce as a kid, but then we were kind of going back and forth. And then we sort of landed on like, okay, no, it's Damien. Like, and Bruce is, is the dad and, um, and extrapolating from there. And, um, pretty quickly thereafter, those documents were shared with Sam Register, the president of the studio. And he was like, all right, everybody's off this (laughs) Hanna-Barbera thing and, like, top priority... (laughs) is Merry Little Batman. And we were all just like so hyped, you know, on it anyway that we were like, all right, yeah, like I hope we going to make that later and that would be like really, really fun. But like full steam ahead on Batman and that was, you know, been that way ever
0: since. You had me at Home Alone and Batman. Those are two of my favorite things. <laughs> and obviously as a millennial, like we grew up with Home Alone every Christmas and, you know, Batman was right there for the summertime, you know, those big budget movies. You had to go see the newest Batman movie. So putting those two things together, I think is a match made in heaven and I cannot wait to see it. I think that is a perfect tease. So let's jump back to what is happening currently with the Looney Tune fiasco if you will (laughs) over at Warner Brothers Uh, they have marked Looney Tunes as being removed from Max the streaming platform that is housing all of the Warner Brothers properties now they have since taken it back and were like this was erroneous and put on there as a mistake but the Looney Tunes series is only composed of a couple of decades now because they have removed everything in the 50s and most of the 60s from the platform already. And I'm pushing hard for them to put that back. We really want to have those cartoons, you know, available to as many people as possible. So that way we can continue, you know, educating our kids on what happened before, or, you know, our friends who haven't really dived deep into the Looney Tunes as you know, you and I have, you know, like people that grew up with them on ABC or Saturday morning cartoons. And we just want to keep them relevant. So when the news broke that they were being removed, my posts went crazy and everybody was losing their minds because it was about to be everything from the 1930s. Warner brothers animation wise was going to be very difficult to find. And the forties, Yes, some of that is on the home media, but the 30s are really not. So having them all on Max is very important. And I'm really glad Warner Brothers came to their senses and was like, no, 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 no. We're going to keep them on there. And that was always the plan, perhaps, maybe. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. But uh, as far as Looney Tunes being available, Morgan, what do you think about having the classic shorts available for younger generations and even older generations that just want to reminisce?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, this is a problem across the board, uh, not with just Max, but with, with most streaming services. You know, I think we were all very early on in this new Netflix ecosystem sort of promised this idea that, okay, it's cheaper than cable and you can have access to everything you want all the time. And a few years into that plan, it has become apparently very clear um, that that was kind of a bait and switch to get everybody on board. You know, also no ads was part of it, right? right? And now, you know, everything's got them. So (laughs) I I think that it is important. I think archivism is like very important. I think that um, especially historical things like what you're talking about, like I think that those things should be readily available and easy to access for educational purposes and entertainment purposes. Yeah. I think that um, I think that possibly um, it makes more financial sense sometimes for these companies to trade them amongst each other, you know. And to that, like I don't, that doesn't bother me so much, just because. You know, Warner Brothers Animation, for example, and I don't speak for Warner Brothers, you know, I just wrote the Batman movie, but like, I'm, I'm not an employee, you know, so (laughs) I just want to caveat that but like, you know, a lot of these companies like Friends aired on NBC, right, but was made by Warner Brothers television, right? Like, so, you know, and, and in that ecosystem, I think like more great things are, are able to be made um Mary little batman was intended for hbo max and ended up on amazon and i think that a lot of warner brothers animation projects in the past you know have been straight to dvd or have been sold and aired on you know various networks or things like that um and i think that having an ecosystem where like one company is making things and selling it to another and, and vice versa and they don't all need to be like these structurally integrated platforms where it's like it's just a silo of like only Warner stuff on Warner, only Netflix stuff on Netflix, only whatever is, makes a healthier industry. But if, if we're entering a world where things are just being shelved and then you can't see them ever, or they aren't available on Blu-ray or you can't rent them in the iTunes store or something like that, that's when I start to take issue with it because it's like these things were made by hundreds of people. Um, They have historical import, and and it's very important that people are able to readily access them, even if maybe they have to pay for them, fine, but you should be able to get them.
0: Exactly. I like that vertical idea, and obviously it goes to organization and, I guess, learning who made what, you know? I think uh, brand recognition is also a part of that, but just to play devil's advocate, perhaps— If the Looney Tunes were to be removed from Max, it might be to go to another platform like Netflix or Tubi or something else that is also in the public eye. And perhaps they'll get even a wider audience because they'll have new kids clicking on it. But then you run into the danger of them seeing something that would start a conversation or would need to be talked about by a parent. So with Max, I feel like you already have the grounds for, Oh, this is the Looney Tunes hub. Like this is what you're getting into. Um, There is historical issues that need to be talked about. You already know that going in and here it is. So, you know, that's just to play devil's advocate. Now, As you said, these opinions are our own. We are not working for Warner Brothers, Um, but some opinions have gotten out, such as Nolan's, Christopher Nolan, and filmmaker Guillermo del Toro, and they have both come to the realization that, and they've been saying this for a while, but physical copies of their movies are the things that will last a lifetime when you own the Blu-ray, that is yours. And to quote Nolan here, no evil streaming service can steal it from you. (laughs) He said that in jest. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, with the intake of all of this media that we're being bombarded with and the fickleness of the the services keeping projects on it, it it does beg the question, are they going to release the streaming movies on physical media or are they just going to live on the streaming services? And do we need to make a public outcry about that? Because there's, I want to own Mary little Batman. Is that going to be released on Blu-ray? Fingers crossed. You know, I really hope so. Okay. We don't know. That's uh, what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm yeah. saying.
1: We, we don't know. But also, like, I, you know, I'm just the writer. I don't know anything.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, we can hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, another project that you were a part of, which was a Teen Titans Go celebration of Warner Brothers as a studio celebrating their 100-year anniversary, which is this year, 2023, what a tumultuous year it has been for the studios celebrating these centennials. But <laughs> I digress. There are some wonderful jokes in here and you got to write for some of the Looney Tunes. Can you speak about working on this project and who is your favorite character to write for?
1: Daffy Duck, no question. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, I, like, what a dream, you know? I mean, what a dream. Um, yes. Yeah, it's funny, like, When you read all the press and stuff about Mary Little Batman, it says, like, you know, written by Morgan Evans, Teen Titans Go and stuff. And so I think a lot of people kind of assumed in my career, like, I wrote for Teen Titans Go first and then got Mary Little Batman. Mm -hmm. And that's not true at all. Like, Teen Titans Go just, like, comes out way faster (laughs) um, than, like, making an entire movie. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And and so I had written, like, a bunch of episodes of Teen Titans and – a lot of them tended to be the like big special two-parters or something, which I feel really lucky to get to do like some of the, you know, um, brain and mala, like part one, part two and stuff like that. And so I was asked to do a Warner brothers, one hundredth anniversary thing. And as a huge fan of like the studio and the historical stuff that they made and like, you know, Casablanca is like one of my favorite movies. Um, They have such a great catalog. They have the best catalog, arguably, you know? Um, And And so to me, like I was, it was such an honor. And then when I got on that first zoom with, with Peggy and, and Pete and they were like, put every character you can into it you know just like really go for it and and i was like what well, like bugs bunny hey, what's up dad? you know and they were like yes like bugs bunny <laughs> I was like oh my god you know i was like oh what an honor so um yeah that was just like one of the best things i ever got write, and it was crazy because right before it i had written an episode called intro which is the Titans getting stuck in like all the Hanna-Barbera intros and stuff. So right oh, before wow. I had done like Jetsons, Flintstones, Batman animated series, you know, they go to the world of like all of these iconic characters.
0: Oh, wow. That's so cool.
1: And then immediately went into like the Warner Brothers hundred thing. And it was, you know, then all the Looney Tunes characters. And I was just like, this is, I can't think of a more fun show to write for where you get to just pluck characters from this like rich library and and kind of i hope not ruin them for people you know but like do jokes in your sense of humor where you're like oh I this is, was like something i would love daffy to say you know
0: you are primed it sounds like for this exact thing so that's amazing yeah. one of my favorite <laughs> lines that daffy has in this is when robin is falling and daffy floats down and he just says and you call yourself a bird that had me <laughs> yeah. dying. I thought that was perfect because <laughs> Daffy's yeah. giving Robin all kinds of like, you know, he he's calling him a, a boy blunder and the boy wonder who may be a hero. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, the puns
1: are like <laughs> off the charts. Yeah.
0: And Bowes, Eric Bowes is yeah. just incredible as Daffy. I'm so glad that he was Daffy in this. He's so good um, among other characters. And then you guys had the brain gremlin in this, the brainy gremlin. Well' right, yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah.
1: when you introduce genetic material of research quality to a life form such as ours, which is possessed of a a sort of a, i hesitate to use the word atavism, but let us say a highly aggressive nature, for example, that fellow over near the um I believe that's a common bat of the order, Choroptera. The only mammals, I might add, capable of who flaws. Yeah, that's all, like, Pete McHale. Like, Pete, who is, you know, like the, the big director on the show and everything, he from the jump he was like we should do gremlins and stuff too and i was like amazing (laughs) and then it was like him and like brady Classroom were like okay like the the brain gremlin you know what that is right and i was like yes i know what that is but like you want to put that in okay like sure put a gremlin in a suit you know uh that was really really fun
0: gremlins 2 just hands down (laughs) is one of my favorite movies it's just so So wacky and i love it yeah (laughs) and then at the end you guys make a great homage to the maltese falcon with the chant of the stuff dreams are made of. Harry, what is it?
1: The uh, stuff that dreams are made of.
0: I mean, I just, there is no better phrase that Warner <laughs> Brothers has in their repertoire than that. So
1: yeah, my only congratulations. My only regret is I think I probably should have put like Peter Laurie in it, you know. Just like at oh. some point, at some point, they should have just cut to him, just like mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> watching from a corner somewhere. Yeah.
0: Wow, that would have been <laughs> that would have been hilarious too. Um, also, I got to shout out the, the cutaway to the pivot scene, the pivot stairway scene oh, from sure, yeah. <laughs> pivot. <laughs> that just happens out of nowhere apropos of nothing (laughs) they just have to help out these sea creatures who are friends and (laughs) then they have the pivot scene and yogi's getting to say the line it's just wonderful um i really hope that becomes available it aired on cartoon network uh, on october 14th but it hasn't been on hbo max yet and i'm wondering if that's going to be up by the end of the year i'm crossing my fingers and i'm hoping more fans of warner brothers get to see this i don't want to give away who the villain is um but it is somebody who deserves a better lot uh on the a a better stake in the lot uh for sure
1: yeah i think it'll probably be up they uh, they usually they kind of put them it, I, they put them up in sort of a seemingly strange order that I don't understand but like um, yeah because I wrote like The Great Christmas Escape like last year and it aired on Cartoon Network like last Christmas and um, and I think it's just going up now um,
0: yeah on December <laughs> like, 3rd or something yeah because they like go to Hulu soon. sometimes and then
1: sometimes they're I don't know what's going on yeah
0: or what, when you're listening to this it's already up so go check it out <laughs> yeah yeah um, <laughs> Warner Brothers went through this merger and they had a shift in what they were going to make and what they were not going to make. And some of the projects... I mean, a lot of the projects were shelved or canceled and uh that kind of brings us to
1: at the very least i hope we get like a jodorowsky's dune one day about like all of the shelved <laughs> warner projects and like we're able oh, to like wow. look at the art in the books and stuff and go through them and it's like okay we're it's like the batgirl
0: team the driftwood team you know whoever else and we can all just <laughs> we can all just talk and show concept art for an hour and a half that would be incredible well one of the projects that was saved thankfully is Mary little batman Merry Christmas, Gotham City. In breaking news, Gotham is officially
1: crime-free as Batman continues to clean it up. Dad, I'm ready to be a superhero like you. Woo-hoo!
0: Merry Christmas, kiddo.
1: <gasps> My own utility belt, which uh- should only be used in case of a bat emergency. Oh, come on, Dad, I'm not a baby. Hey, I never said you were a baby. Emergency
0: Damian Wayne confronts enemies in his city after finding himself alone at Wayne Manor. That is the synopsis on IMDb. And I love how short it is because (laughs) I don't want to know anything going into this movie. I just want to like go in almost, you know, pure and then have it just wash over me as a holiday caper. And what better way to usher us into the holidays than with Damian Wayne and and Batman and this wonderful Batman story. Can you talk a little bit about, yeah, getting this off the ground?
1: Yeah. So kind of, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it was like fast tracked, you know, it was this idea Sammy Kohlmutter had who just like, you know, one line email. And then we all just started working on it basically. And, and very quickly the story just kind of clicked um, for Mike and I like, Um, I grew up wearing a Batman cape everywhere I went from the age of like five to eight, you know, like I wouldn't take it off. (laughs) Um, and so I was a big, big fan of the movies, you know, the Tim Burton movies and the Schumacher movies. And, and, um, and then as I got older, I would go to like atomic comics in Phoenix and, and I would read what was going on. It's kind of like the more adult stuff. Like I read Hush and, and, you know, the killing joke and stuff like that. And so I had just been a kind of Batman nerd my whole life, but never with the goal of, like, oh, one day I'll get a right Batman or anything. Um, yeah. But then as this idea started to form, it, like, suddenly came back to be, like, how much I actually knew about Batman. And it was like, oh, this is crazy, actually. Like, I'm having, like, so many ideas for, like, okay, like, if Bruce has a kid, like, how would he raise the kid? And you so you start thinking, like, well, he never had... Parents. So Bruce never really had a childhood to speak of. Like, so, you know, he would do everything in his power to like want Damien to have a childhood. But also, Damien's lineage is kind of maybe a little nefarious or something. So maybe like Damien's motivations happen to be a little, they could go either way, you know, like, and and playing with those things. And, and it all started to just sort of click in this way that just felt really like organic and really cool. And, and Mike was such a good collaborator on it. And, and that's basically how it how it began. And then Guillaume would go off and, and make this incredible art for like our pitch decks and stuff because we were going to have to go pitch to Jim Lee and, and pitch to HBO and everything. And it was just coming back and it was like this, you know, Mike really had this idea and this vision to be kind of like Ron Searle inspired. and um, Ooh, And so okay. it started coming back and it just like had looked like nothing I'd ever seen before, you know, where like the concept art was like, wow, like I would frame this. It's so gorgeous. You know, I like not to throw other movies and shows under the bus or anything, but I think that we're sort of in a time where a lot of the mainstream popular animated art tends to have a similar visual style. And, and the idea that like Sammy and and Sam Register and Mike and, and, and everybody were just like, let's just like push it so hard. Um, you know, which I hope doesn't anger that many people, because I think it's just it's really important that not everything out there looks the same. You know, I like it's really really cool that yeah. that they were able to push it as far as they did because it just looks so gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, it looks really cool.
0: I've got to say, it's got like a storybook quality to it, like the character designs and the colors, and like it, it feels unlike any other Batman thing I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of Batman things (laughs) and I love that about it because you guys really found something new to bring to it. And yeah, uh, I love the character designs in the trailer. We see Batman, Damien, Riddler, Joker, Mr. Pennyworth, Alfred himself, uh, Mr. Freeze, uh, poison Ivy, Penguin, Bane. So many characters from the Batman lore are here did you have any issues getting any of those other characters into the movie or were they just like, whoever you want to include, uh, go for it? Um,
1: Yeah, that was, that was kind of it. It was kind of like whoever you want to include, you know, I mean, you know, it had started with this like one line thing and then really blossomed into kind of, you know, this, this whole thing. And, and I think we knew that, you know, in each act and and, and part of da- Damien's arc, we, we wanted it to be informed by, like, who he had to have a battle with or, or or a big set piece or something like that. That could also be somehow related to the holidays. So, I don't think it's really a spoiler. It's kind of in the trailers, you know, like, Macy's Day Parade type thing, you know, which is kind of a reference to the yeah. Tim Burton movies. And then also, like, um, you know, at the department store... And at the Gotham City Zoo, you know, like, well, you go to the Gotham, you know, I went to the zoo at Central Park during Christmas all the time. And you're like, who's there? Penguins. You know, I mean, like, it was fun to, <laughs> it was fun to, like, do those things together, you know. And then it's like, how's Poison Ivy at Christmas time? Because you know what's everywhere? Trees, you know. <laughs> I mean, like, it was like, really fun to, to, you know, think about that. Like, all right, David's going to, like, battle Poison yes. Ivy. And guess what happens beyond be on the door? Like, a wreath, you know. Um, Very nice. Kind of
0: Very nice. Yeah, pine everywhere. <laughs> and
1: freeze, of course. Like freeze and the course. holidays. Come on. Go, they goes hand in hand. Like, yeah.
0: Does he have the Arnold personality or is he different? Does, does he do puns or is it like a mix? Allow me to break
1: the ice, little Batman. I will tell you this. I don't want to spoil anything, but there are so many puns. <laughs> wonderful there are a lot of puns. yeah
0: (laughs) i noticed even in the trailer uh so you damien says wait until you get a load of me which is a jack napier line from the tim burton batman movie wait till they get a load of me (laughs) i'm guessing you slid in other batman references and the one that caught my eye was intimidation game which they make a joke about Shall
1: I assume we did not see the Bat Razor? I like it. Totally ups my intimidation game. You have donut crumbs in your intimidation games. Now,
0: for those that are very into Batman lore, when Christopher Nolan was making Batman Begins, he titled the working title Intimidation Game and... Then it became Batman Begins. So for you guys to include that, I thought it was really nice, really nice Batman touch.
1: <laughs> yeah, and obviously props to Jace Ritchie too, who like obviously has written a lot of like incredible Batman stuff, and I think is working on the new um, uh, like uh, kind of Batman animated series like reboot thing or whatever. Yes, um, that J.J. Abrams so like is his producing. knowledge yeah his knowledge of batman is like off the charts as well so i think that like between all of us like like me and jace like we just crammed that baby with <laughs> as much as we possibly could you know i mean what's cuter than like a little kid running around going like i am vengeance yeah you know? <laughs> i mean that was important to me it's like perfect. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah well merry <laughs> little batman is set to release on uh... Well, as of this timing of this episode dropping tomorrow uh, on December 8th on Amazon Prime is directed by Mike Roth and written by Morgan Evans here, as well as Jace Ricci. And uh, produced by Rebecca Palatnik, uh, who is also a big producer on Looney Tunes cartoons. So bringing it back to Looney Tunes there for a quick second. Morgan, this has been an honor. Where can people find you online?
1: Um, I'm at TotallyMorgan on
0: pretty much everything. I'm too online, so easily accessible (laughs) nice (laughs) and you can follow the podcast over at this means podcast on instagram and facebook or ofc this means pod over on x i'm also on threads and blue sky and everywhere just look up this means podcast and you'll find me merry little batman december 8th bringing a little holiday crime to amazon prime
1: (laughs) oh that is really (laughs) good what do you say need a wingman more like a yeah.
0: sidekick. <laughs>